Hey everyone, I'm your host Brandon Kyle Goodman and welcome to Black Folks. On this show, I have the honor of talking to black people of various identities about our lives and how being black has shaped our experiences. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking to actor and comedian Caldwell Tadiku, also known as Bob the Drag Queen, winner of season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, you've seen Bob in multiple acting roles for HBO. Netflix, Sony, TriStar, MTV, and VH1. Also, by the way, uh, Bob is on this show called We're Here on HBO. That is fucking amazing. In February 2020, Bob released her second comedy special, Bob the Drag Queen, live at Caroline's, available where? On iTunes, bitch, okay? Also, you can hear season three of Sibling Rivalry, the podcast she co-hosts with her drag sister, Monet Exchange, everywhere you listen to your podcast. Today, we talked about what we're putting on the plate from the barbecue, okay? And our experiences in interracial relationships with white partners. Now, a bit of housekeeping. If you've been enjoying the podcast, what am I going to tell you to do? What am I going to tell you to do? Make sure you subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast. Tell somebody about us. Share us, honey. Tell people black folks is lit, bitch. You don't have to say bitch, but it just makes a little more emphasis. I I suggest you try it, okay? Without any further ado, here is my conversation with Bob the Drag Queen, honey. Hey, Bob. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I feel pretty good today. I um I've had a sl- a slow morning. I went and had a burrito. Uh, Ooh, what kind a of vegan burrito? burrito is my partner. Um, a vegan burrito. What is in a vegan burrito though? This one is uh, tofu. Um, there's black beans. I still have a little bit of it left. Tofu, black beans, vegan cheese, and pico de gallo. And Ooh. I think there's also a little bit of peppers in here as well because it was it was spicy. It had a little kick to it, a little jalapeno kick to yeah, it. Yeah, not jalapeno, but it's more like 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 some sort of a other spicy pepper, okay. but not a jalapeno. Jalapenos are kind of like almost a little pickly. Something like there's something that's like a pickle about a jalapeno. It always this hits is, me in the back of my throat, and I'm like, yeah. I can't. Yeah, people like that. Wait, are you are you vegan or have, are you just eating vegan? I eat vegan, but I'm not vegan. What's your but favorite like kind of meat? Though? What's your favorite kind of meat then? Um, probably chicken. You know, any, any particular kind of way you like that chicken? Though? Like I like I like uh, I like buffalo wings. Ooh, yeah. So you like a little kick? You do like a little yeah. kick? I'm trying to phase. I am. I think I am trying to phase um, chicken and and like meats out of my life, or just trying to phase out some of the things that I've been taught are part of my southern charm, mm. which probably, quite frankly, are part of my southern charm. But they're also probably a big part of the reason why I got denied for my life insurance because I was pre-diabetic. And they're probably uh-huh. also part of the reason why my Aunt Dot got her feet cut off before she died because she was diabetic. Or probably the reason why my grandmother, Liz, died of a heart attack. That that Southern charm. That Southern charm. Probably has a lot to do with that as well. Um, so getting so, curious about that and <laughs> getting curious about the foods. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to uh, unlearn a little bit of the, like, there is great things to, like, Southern food. It's just, like, I understand the history behind it and where it came from and sure. how it came from, you know, making something from nothing and, and how proud people were when, you know, when the white folks would give the, the parts of the animals that no one wanted to eat. You know, people didn't realize yeah. back in the day, white folks weren't really eating chickens. They were kind of like small peckish food. They would give it to the black folks. They would eat the hen. They would eat the roosters and the biggest birds and stuff. Turkeys, um, and then the black folks eat these little chickens and um, the hog head and rump chitlins, and yeah, chitlins yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but also, it's bad for you. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's bad for you. Yeah. So I have such a um, conflicted uh, feeling regarding. Um, my uh, love for Southern food. 
Yes, Southern food is so good. I so I'm from Trinidad. Wait, let me do this because I, I, I we could we go on. We talk about the right South. So can you introduce yourself, telling us your pronouns first, and just tell us whatever you want us to know about you in this moment. I want to do it like a uh, morning radio show. Hey, yo, yo, what's good? It's your boy, Bob the Drag Queen, coming at you live <laughs> in the morning. My pronouns are he, him, his, she, her, hers, and we are live in the studio. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. In another life, you would have been a, a radio DJ, right? Right. That, Could you yes, I love that. I love well, that. I don't know. So back in Atlanta, back in the day, I, have, I, I my mind veers a lot. But in Atlanta, Ludacris, before Ludacris was a famous rapper, he was a radio DJ yes. named, Chris, named Chris Lover Lover. So yes. he had a show um, with, with this guy named Poon Daddy. It was Chris Lover Lover and Poon Daddy. And, um, <laughs> Love those names. And uh, Chris Lover Lover released an album, uh, but it didn't really go anywhere. And then he kind of re-released it again. And I think that was either Incognito or Back for the First Time. I think it may have been Back for the First Time. Um, under the name Ludacris, and he kind of just blew up. I do remember, I mean, I remember when that album came out, and I remember hearing that he was a radio DJ, because I think it was at the same time, or I, I don't know the timeline, but like Angie Martinez in New York was also releasing an album, and there were a couple DJs who were also starting to release mm-hmm. albums, but Ludacris hit. Are you from Atlanta? Did I not know that? Yeah, I'm from well, I'm from Georgia, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm from all over Georgia, um, but I spent most of my years in Atlanta, yeah. I went to high school in Rome, Georgia, like an hour outside. I know where Rome is. I know exactly where Rome is. Of course I do. I'm from Georgia, you see. Um, So I know where Rome is. We have, there's a whole section of Rome and there's an Athens. Yes. It's very uh, old school. Um, I'm from um, Clayton County, which is um, not a nice area. Um, But it is where, where, you know, Bubba Sparks, the airport's in Clayton County. Okay, okay. So Clayton County is home to the world's largest airport. I mean, world, <laughs> yes. the world's busiest, not the largest. Clayton County is, is home to Hartsfield-Jackson International, which is the world's busiest airport. We are also home to um, uh, Bubba Sparks, uh, Waka Flocka Flame. Come on, come on, Mikey come on. Montana. Come on. Um, and also, Kathy Truitt used to live there, who I at the time was the wealthiest person in Clayton County. Word. Kathy Truitt is uh the the guy who used to own Chick Fil A. Okay, he, oh, at the time he, he was old. the uh, he was the the wealthiest person in um, Clayton County. So Clayton County is is popping. We can yeah we're not, we're not we're not super proud of all of the people there like I mean, <laughs> but and, and me and I'm and I'm from Clayton County. I went to Mara High School in Clayton County. Okay. Did you always know that you wanted to do drag and perform and or or did that just well, I mean, perform, yeah. I did not always know I wanted to do drag. I didn't know I wanted to do drag until I saw it on TV and saw someone else doing it. And I had to see it a couple of times. It wasn't my first time seeing it, being like, that's it, I'm doing it. I had seen a couple of drag queens doing uh, movies, and and then, I, and then it was RuPaul's Drag Race that really made it click. Because when I watched Tu Wong Fu, if you ever seen Tu Wong Fu, it's yeah. not really a depiction of drag that is like, you know... What most drag? It's not. It's a very atypical drag queen experience. Sure. It's it's, it's more so telling a story of like uh, gender queer trans women or gender queer trans people mm-hmm. who who um, identify as men. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, which is a whole thing, by the way. But that is that is relatively atypical in terms of drag. Even the drag queens I know who are trans women. Don't get dressed up like that to drive across, <laughs> to drive <laughs> to across, drive the, across country. the country. <laughs> like all my drag friends who are trans women are like, if I'm driving across the country, I'm probably just gonna put on some pants and a t-shirt, <laughs> and or maybe a sundress, but not like, like not that. Patrick like, Swayze in like a moo glare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mama, this that's a lot. That's a lot. Not to go buy a car, getting dressed in moo glare. To buy a car? Okay, Patrick Swayze. Okay, Swayze. <laughs> okay, Patrick. Okay, I'm going to ask you the uh, the little black folks question of the day, um, which is, which we kind of talked about food a little bit. So it's, you go to a f- church function or a cookout, and you got to make yourself a plate. What you putting on that plate? 
Well, I'm gonna get the mac and cheese if it's baked. Yes, if this it's baked. This is me ignoring my this strong desire to start going vegan. Yes. I'm gonna get um I'm gonna put mac and cheese on the plate. I'm gonna get uh fried chicken. I'm only getting the wings. Oh okay. the wings. Okay. I'm not getting the breast and I'm not getting a drum. I'm gonna get cornbread if whether it's from the box or not. I'm actually great with the sweet <laughs> jiffy and I'm great with the um Love a Jiffy. The, the 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 cornbread that's a little less sweet. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also gonna say there's baked beans, specifically if they're like barbecued baked beans. Mm. Um and that's probably gonna be my whole plate. But okay. I would like the baked beans with like pieces of like pork or something in it. Or like Ooh, bacon yes. or something, but not just baked beans. Not like not you know, just beans. Just like in the, beans in the, by in itself. The, it has the, to have a little something. Sauce. I like to have stuff in there. Um, and I'm probably going to keep going back a lot for the macaroni and the wings. Absolutely. And I'm going to be annoyed because if it's my uh, uh, family, there will not be ranch anywhere, which is so <laughs> annoying. So I'm going to have to have my own ranch. You have to bring your own ranch for sure. My family never with ranch was not. We had French dressing. You can come for French dressing, which I, I discovered a ranch once I started meeting white people. Yes, but I gotta white be people honest, love it. But I got to be honest, they figured out ranch is, is great. It? Like I don't know why Do we have not been pizza? using ranch. No, not on the pizza. Not, not on the pizza. I, I'm the one. First, uh, I love ranch on everything, but not the pizza. Not the and pizza. I, I gotta say, white folks and their food have not. They're they're not legendarily uh, <laughs> well respected in the world. No, it's not that kind baby, of baby. When it comes to ranch, those little pale motherfuckers have <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> they figured something out. It's they so figured good. the dip out. I feel white people have the dips. Like I love an aioli. I, like I, give me any type of aioli. Oh, yeah. White figured. folks love dipping. You ever had chips that white folks bust out dip? And I'm like, what y'all <laughs> dipping y'all chips yes. in? Not dipping plain chips in like this dip. Just get chips with the flavor on them. Unless no, you're they want dipping dip. them in nacho, unless you're dipping them in nacho cheese and guacamole, or something. Yeah, but I mean, but not like, like but, but not like the Lay's dips. That yes, only, <laughs> the Lay's like, Tostitos dip. No, not this thing. <laughs> okay, on my plate, I'm probably having two separate plates because one plate is for the mac and cheese for sure because it has to be baked, and I'd like it to have multiple cheeses, and I'd like it to. Whenever I go to restaurants, you know, because. As we said, white people are not iconic with their food. So I always have to ask what the mac and cheese is like. And is it baked? How many cheeses? And if it pulls. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, sometimes I know. You because places, you want the melted cheese on top. You would like a, a, a cheddar melted on top. And if you can get a corner yes. piece, that's lit. That's what it is. That's what it is. But I don't want it to be soupy and saucy. Because sometimes they're like, oh, this mac and cheese is great. And it's like soup. And I'm like, no. Well, there have been a few occasions where I've had a mac and cheese that was, a, that was like a darker... Um, Saucy that was fine, but typically speaking, I prefer it baked. And um, also, white folks love to use panay. What's panay? Panay is, um, I mean, it's the the pasta that's like a a cylinder, and each end is slanted, whereas macaroni is curved. And I'm like, mama, this is not macaroni. This is panay and cheese. (laughs) Macaroni is a type of pasta. It's yes. called mac and cheese. Mac is short for macaroni. This is not macaroni. Yes, fair, fair, fair. I know, I, but I also know some black people who like don't like the elbows. They like a dip. They want to use a different. They're trying to make but it fancy. It's not macaroni. If you don't use <laughs> macaroni, it's not mac and cheese. You're right. You're right. You're not. You're not. It's, it's penne and cheese. Or it's penne, penne and cheese. And cheese. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, I want the mac and cheese, and I want the corner piece. Do you wait? Let me ask you. You like putting meat in the mac and cheese? Do you like it with the bacon, with the chicken? Um, I, I don't necessarily put the meat in the mac and cheese, but I do think that uh, mac and cheese goes best with ribs. There's something about ribs and mac Oof. and cheese together. With the sauce, mix but I wouldn't put the you... ribs in there. I would just kind of like grab the fork between the two yes. um, things. But yeah, I think that. Ribs are the best. Um, if you're gonna have baked mac and cheese with the cheddar on the top, mm. grab that corner piece. You're gonna want it to go with ribs and not a dry mm-hmm. rub. You're gonna want like a barbecue rib. You want that with sauce. sauce. You yeah. want that sauce. You allow the sauce to mix, right? Because some people yeah, are for like, sure. I, well, absolutely. when I was a kid, it, there was, the, my stuff wasn't allowed to touch. But also because that was because that was back when my parents were putting my my parents as if I live with my dad. When my <laughs> mom was putting food on my plate that I didn't like, and then like when, I didn't I never ate collard greens. I don't like I don't like. Cookies. Oh, you don't like collard greens. I do not. Like I can fuck greens. with it. I can fuck with that. I don't like cooked vegetables. I, like, I prefer my vegetables sure. raw. Sure. So like I like a salad. I like a I like a you know. But I don't like 
No, I just, I just don't, you don't I like, like hooked vegetables. No. I don't like hooked vegetables. I don't like mushrooms at all. Anyway, but collard greens is mad juicy, and mm-hmm. there'll be, the, it's just sliding all over the plate. Now <laughs> everything tastes like the food you didn't want. And, and I used to be a kid that would just kind of smush the food around and make it look like I ate it. Yes. And then yes, when I, I got really trick. desperate, my mom didn't make me eat a lot of food, but I love my aunt. I would got really desperate, so I would just shovel a lot of food in my mouth. And I mean, yes. to the point my mouth was completely full and I would run to the bathroom and act like I was peeing. I would just spit it all out and flush it. Because That's a trick. Obs- That's a hack. My aunts were obsessed with making me eat food. My mom did not make me eat food I didn't want to eat. She like, some lady at work told her and she was like, just don't, just leave your kid alone. If, if, and if, let him, let yeah, him let be. Him live. Let him be. Let if, the- is he a good kid? Is he eating enough to, is he eating enough to stay healthy? Then leave it alone. That's fair. That's fair. My, they, well, I, my family would always cook Caribbean food, and so I was always down. There wasn't usually something that I didn't like to eat, but what I didn't like to eat were the veggies always. So, mm-hmm. so like a collard green, you know, cooking it down and mixing it with pork or whatever. Like the first time I had Brussels sprouts for real, real with the with the bacon, that was amazing. My no, I do. Was, okay, there are a few. I like Brussels sprouts. I okay. love I love like grilled Brussels sprouts. I don't know why. That is different than the other cooked vegetables, but I, I, I like I, I like carrots, and um, I can eat steam steam broccoli. So now now I'm just fully backtracking. I just don't like collard greens. I just don't like collard greens. I don't like, don't like leafy. I don't like leafy. Like when someone cooks spinach, I would rather have a spinach raw. Don't saute my spinach. I don't. And I sure. don't. I don't want a mushroom anywhere near my essence. You don't like a mushroom. See, I like a. Mu- I don't. I don't crave a mushroom. But if a mushroom is there, so you don't like a truffle. You don't like a truffle mac and cheese. I like truffle French fries because okay. it doesn't taste like mushrooms. Though That's it doesn't fair. taste like mushroom. Like truffle is different than the shit that goes on pizza. <laughs> That's you're very correct. You're very you know? correct. Okay, I'm going to ask you the big black folks question. You ready? Mm-hmm. So this is a question that uh, a lot of people have been asking me, and I've given my opinions on it, but I thought it would be cool to have a conversation with somebody else about it since, you know, we're in 20... This will come out top of next year, but we're in 2020. We've been dealing with, you know, the the racial reckoning amongst every... I, every time I say it, it loses its luster because I'm like, what the fuck is a racial reckoning? But ra- it sounds like a movie, ra- the racial, <laughs> racial reckoning. reckoning. <laughs> Coming to theaters in 2020, the, the you know, racial justice and people having, um, you know, their awakening or white folks having their awakening. So I'm in a, in a racial relationship with a white partner and you are as well. Is that right? Before yeah, I have two partners. I have a, a Jewish partner and a Mexican partner. Okay. So yeah. one of your partners would... Okay, so this is, a, this is a little deeper. As a Jewish partner, does he also identify himself as white or just Jewish? He's white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's white. No, but he's definitely white. They're white. He's people. white. Okay, yeah. okay. So now I'll ask this question, which is, what, is uh, what has been your experience being in an interracial relationship with a white partner over the last couple months over the last year yeah it's been really interesting i mean i think that jacob's been great i mean i'm not we're not passing out points but he's, <laughs> he's doing a good job yeah um and there were you know there was a moment i remember um i think with us a lot me and monet were uh doing an episode of it was right at, it was like right in the thick of it all and then it was it was called the one about the state of america if anyone wants to check it out in the last season in our last season and um, there was me and Monet were just really fucked up. We couldn't be our jolly selves. We were very, I was very, we were very depressed and down. Mm. And then Monet was telling a story about this uh, little girl who was in the backseat of a cop car with her mom. And the little girl was like, "Mom, don't like, don't you have to stop crying, or else they're gonna come shoot you." And we were really breaking down and crying. Oof. And I was crying, and Monet was crying, and then Jacob was crying. And while I understand that. Um, you know, Jacob was coming at it from a different place than I was. Um, there was a sense of this is fucked up, and I, I sympathize with you. That felt nice. Yeah. It's like my, you know, my partner Ezra, who is trans, and you know, whenever uh, is uh, Trans Day of Remembrance is upon us, which it just passed, uh, not just, but like maybe a yes. month ago, sort of. Um, it, it affects him really deeply, and, and and it affects me too, but just in a different way than it affects him. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and in that moment, I'm just I'm just trying to be there and be supportive um, while he's processing his feelings, and that's yeah. what um, Jacob did for me. And it is interesting. There's something really odd about being a black person who's very pro-black and very actively, you know, happy to be black. And then people see you with a white partner and they uh, they think that that is somehow an attack on your blackness Mm -hmm. or somehow it is a demerit in regards to um, your blackness. And I can understand why someone would say that. I do think it is extremely problematic to engage in that kind of rhetoric. Why Um, do you think they say that? I don't know. I mean, well, maybe they see, maybe what they're seeing is something different. They're, they're seeing this, like, me and my boyfriend, and they're like, oh, but you love black people. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I, I do love, like, I love being black, and I love black people. And yeah. um, and I also um, love this man named Jacob, who's my partner. And those two things are certainly not mutually exclusive. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel that, because it's you know I my husband is white as well and there is this reckoning of and I've talked to a couple other um, black folks who are in interracial relationships and who are also uh, have public positions or profiles uh, and one friend said something that like shook me she was like yeah I stopped getting invited to uh, like some of the black events that I used to get invited to once they found out that I was dating a white partner it's like oh yeah this thing is really deep where all of a sudden your blackness is questioned because you have a white partner. And I understand, what I understand is I understand, obviously, the history of the relationship between black and white people in the country, but I'm not sure what that has to do with uh, our relationships in the present moment. Well, it was, it's with, well I, I would say maybe not that. I think that I don't. I, it has less to do with interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So when I say that, you know, all white people are inherently racist, and that, that does not include any, that does not exclude. Pardon me. When I say all white people are racist, and that does not exclude any white people that I know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is, if you are white and you're raised in America, you have an implicit bias toward people who are like you and against people who are not like you. So what I say is, if you are white on the street and a pack of big black men are all walking towards you and you cross the street that's racist whether they would have done something or not whether you were right or wrong doesn't change the fact that's racist i remember when i was younger i was driving with my friend in a car someone ahead of me was driving poorly and my friend said i bet they're asian and then we pulled up and she was right they were asian but that does not change that what she said was racist right yeah you see what I'm saying? Percent. Yeah. Um, so whenever when I talk about that and the implicit bias, people and people are like, but I thought it's, there's this 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 uh, rhetoric on the internet that I hate white people, which is not true. There are times <laughs> where I am annoyed with white people as a, sure. as an entity. Yes. And I and I have no qualms with saying that out loud. Um, but then of course the narrative becomes, well, Bob hates white people, and I'm like, one I don't. And if I and, and even if I did, I have a feeling white people will be fine. they're gonna be i they're gonna be okay they're gonna be okay yeah i i've been saying just like trying to which i have two feelings about this which is one like i have been being more explicit and being like i hate whiteness and i understand that not all white people fall under or subscribe to that or whatever but it's also like i shouldn't if you're triggered or you're mad because I said I hate white people, then you're probably doing something wrong to begin with and you feel like I'm talking to you. Because I feel like the white people that are in my life that support and champion or doing the work or whatever, if I said I hate white people, they know what I'm talking about. And they hate it too. Does that make sense? I've never said that I hate white people. What I have said is that white people are annoying. <laughs> and um, to be honest, I stand by that. Like Sometimes white folks are just annoying. It's just like mm-hmm. an annoying thing to see. Just like rich people are annoying. Like, mm-hmm. rich people are just really fucking annoying. It's, uh, it's kind of like, there are times when I just see, like, a bunch of, like, straight men in the world. And I'm like, you're so, like your presence irritates me. Yes. Like, at, 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 on surface level, uh, do I have some, do I have friends who are straight men? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. But I love my brother <laughs> and my uncle Scotty. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well, okay. So, in in saying that you you oh you're annoyed by white people, did your partner did Jacob ever take that personally, or did he did you guys ever have to have a reckoning about saying that or or anything no, like that? No, never. I think Jacob knows what what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. I think Jacob knows what I'm talking about, and 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 if you don't, I think that you might want to take a step back and look at why. A lot of black people say things like that and Mm -hmm. then be like, maybe there's something to it. And it's not, again, if you're some white person listening to this and you're like, but Bob doesn't like me. First of all, I probably don't even know you. Let's just make that. I probably (laughs) don't know who who you are or anything (laughs) about that. If I see you in the public, I will probably be very nice to you, just like I am to the black people I see, just like I am to the, the Asian people that I see. Just like I am to the, you know, everything else that I see. Um, the straight people, too? Even straight people. <laughs> even straight people. I'm very nice to. Cis straight people. <laughs> um, but there, I think whenever I say out loud, like, white people, like if, if I'm just standing somewhere and I, and there's some, this is going to sound so messy, but you ever hear like, <laughs> you ever like white people laughing about something and you're like, what are y'all, what y'all niggas laughing about? <laughs> Like, what the fuck y'all niggas laughing at? And just be like, in a group, be like, I'm like, what y'all niggas, what the fuck are y'all laughing at? (laughs) And I don't feel like I need to fucking explain myself. That's that's how I feel. Yes. (laughs) And there's probably some folks, there, there are probably, listen, Black folks are probably annoying to white people. They they don't want to say, will never say it out loud the way right. I'm saying it. But I bet there are times where white folks are like, oh my god, black people are so annoying. I can't I can't sing my favorite Jay Z song around them. You know, there's that one part of a WAP that I want to sing, but I can't sing it. So annoying. And if, and if black people weren't around, it would just be so much easier to not like. There, that's annoying. Absolutely. And if they said that, I'd be like, you know what? Go off. Valid. I can see that concept. But the <laughs> truth is, because of our social standing, I feel much more comfortable saying white people are annoying than you feel saying black people are annoying. And I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, absolutely not. I do also, I, you know, whenever my, back before COVID, when my black friends and I would go out, you know, you got a table of 10 black people, the laughter is going to ring out. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And white so I, folks know they be, you know, when, when niggas get together, white folks be like, oh, my God. They be like, um, can you please... Can you please, like, you guys are just being a little, like, loud. Can you just, like, be a little when, quieter? Listen, when we were, uh, when me and, when I, I brought Jacob back to Mississippi. To <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Tell and me. And so, uh, we were, like, haphazardly playing. It was it was 4th of July for my family reunion. Uh, not this last 4th of July, but before that. And um, my cousins, my little cousins, not my cousins my age, but my cousins' children, were yeah. playing with firecrackers, like lighting them and throwing them. And Jacob was like, oh my God, they're just throwing firecrackers. He was standing back behind a car because he didn't want to get hit by a firecracker. And I was like, you'll yeah. be fine. But he, he didn't feel comfortable. So then this, one of my cousins was like, oh my God. And I was like, well, she go, who, who is that white man looking at us? Because <laughs> he was behind a car. She's like, who is that white man looking at us? And I was like, oh no, that's Jacob. That's my partner. He's oh with my us. God. He's with us. I love to see it. I love to see it. <laughs> What's that, that white person doing here? Why is that white person over here? Uh, and my mom does this thing where whenever she she talks about white people around Jacob, she always whispers it. <laughs> she goes, we're at work in this. I'm sorry, Jacob. White lady. <laughs> and I was like, it just I'm sorry, uh, Jacob, but she was a crazy white lady. <laughs> I love the apology. So you had said that, you know, uh, Jacob gets it and has gotten it. And so I guess my question is, does he get it because you guys are, are always having conversations about this stuff? Or is he on his own doing his own kind of work? Or how does that? And I, I also want to shout out to my partner, Ezra, as well, who is um, who is Mexican, but also has like a 
vaguely white look. I mean, it, sure. it's one of the folks that you just look at them long enough, you're like, are you Mexican? Are you white? I don't, <laughs> sure. I don't know. Sure. Um, I think it's because Jacob is a liberal Jew from uh, the East Coast um, and is raised with like Obama-loving parents. And I, yeah. and I think that that was a big part of his upbringing. And he... I think I think that's just where he is. Like I don't think it's I don't maybe it is because of something of conversation that we've had. But I know that his parents are also like super liberal. They, they his parents listen to my podcast. Yeah, they be talking about white people all the time. <laughs> Shout out to Rose and Dean. Yay, Rose and Dean. Yeah, with Matthew, you know Matthew, my husband has always been really uh, proactive and has always, you know, has worked in schools with predominantly black and brown populations and kind of recognized his position as a white male in those spaces and so was doing his own work. But then even in the middle of all this, we had our own reckoning because then there was like being kind of trapped together. And so the biggest, the biggest thing that I realized that we never dealt with was whenever a headline would come out. Uh, of like another name, somebody else, you know, uh, whatever it is, um, I would probably not be home with him, right? Like I'd be at work, I'd be somewhere else, or he'd be at work. And so I would process and compartmentalize. And by the time we saw each other again, you know, we wouldn't talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I did my processing. And in quarantine, it was like, when Ahmaud Arbery and then Brianna and then George and Tony and Dominique, he was present as I was receiving that information. Mm -hmm. And we had just never experienced how to process in that moment with each other. I had never had to share my emotions like in the moment right then and there. And he had never had to hold space for it or witness it. And so there was definitely a learning curve and not, and the, I mean, the difference with, you know, uh, from our relationship and I think some other relationships where I hear things that are like a little like what's going on is that you know he's always been willing it sounds like the same with your partners always willing always always down to do the work and they know that like they know the position that they play um, so it makes it easier as opposed to if you have a partner which there are some couples that have reached out and said you know my white partner is not doing the work and like suddenly is like oh you're Oh, you're black, and like, but you should be over this by now, right? And it's like, oh, that's a. Have you had well, anyone reach out to you about that? Well, oh my god! So I actually had a moment where I was talking. Okay, me and Jacob did have a talk, and I. Jacob does not have a huge online. Actually, I don't know what what people consider a huge online following. I mean, there's a, a big disparages between. Like, there's a big difference between how many followers I have and how many followers yeah. he has because I'm a drag queen that's on TV and he's a photographer. Yeah. Um. So Jacob has about like ten thousand. Instagram followers, and I have that's a about solid one, base, and I have 1.4 million, so it's a big difference. <laughs> that's a solid base, and yeah. you know, at one point, I just I did say to him like, oh, we had to talk about uh, like what it means for to post about these issues, mm -hmm. and even if you don't have a big following, why it's important to post about these things. I had a lot of drag race girls calling me, being like, what? why is everyone mad at me for not posting? And I was like, well, I'll tell you why. And then I would explain to them why I think someone might be mad. I said, maybe that maybe people have different reasons, but this is why, this is what I can assume. Yeah. This is how I know how I feel. And then um, Trixie Mattel had a really, uh, do you know Trixie Mattel? I, I don't know. I know who she is, but I don't know her personally. Yeah. So are you, are you, you're like familiar with her work and stuff? Yes, 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 yes. So Trixie Mattel had a um, moment in one of her live shows where she, she said, she was like, cause she, she's like, I don't get political. And then folks like, this is beyond, like, I don't get political. And then someone just mentioned, you know, one of her fans said, you know, when you post a new lipstick, I buy it instantly. When you come to my town, I buy a ticket. When you have a video, I click it. I do all those things. And your black fans are asking you just to do one thing, mm. just to say Black Lives Matter. And you're not doing it. And it speaks volumes. Yeah. And then Trixie was like, "All right, that was all I needed to hear." And I'm, and I'm, and I, I see now why me not posting about Black Lives Matter is more than just, um, you know, some sort of a. Um, it wasn't just like giving in to bullies on the internet. It's about people who want to support you feeling like your um, 
your vision or your like basically you don't want to give money to someone who's not going to support you or yeah. someone's going to turn around and use it for something you would never want to fund you know what I mean? That's why, yeah. that's why people don't eat Chick Fil A. It's not because the sandwich isn't delicious. It's because they don't want to give money that will later go towards something that could be directly Harmful. against them. Yeah. 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 No, it's. I mean, those conversations are are so important in terms of like how social media is used because I do think some people are like, well, it's just fucking social media, and it's like, yes. Uh, and also, and sorry, quick side note too. If you're one of the folks who's mourning the loss of a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich. First of all, I understand. I used to work at Chick-fil-A. I worked at Chick-fil-A in college, okay? Yes. It is it is truly delicious chicken. But I just want to say out loud, too, that Popeye's really done changed the game with this new sandwich. <laughs> they really have. And also, it's not the same thing, but if you go to the KFC, it has something called the Nashville Hot. And if you get the finger licking sauce at KFC, that is also a great alternative. So I'm just saying. You got all the hacks. You, you, yeah. you, you shovel the food in your mouth, go to the bathroom, pretend to pee, throw there it is. out. You know, like all, all that being said, I'm still trying to go vegan, so we'll see what's popping. <laughs> we'll see what's popping. We'll check in. Well, the thing about it too, the re- a reason why people probably have a problem with you dating a white guy and probably me dating a white guy is also because you're probably could not probably you are considered a good black man you have a job you have a status you've got nice arms you're handsome (laughs) and they're like oh no one of the good ones is gone um which is odd to me because there's this notion that there are that like there are some who aren't good which Mm. is in and of itself inherently problematic um or this notion that that there are just shit black men, um, yeah. which is in and of itself really problematic. I've never thought about it like that. Because there is always that energy of, well, my mother, I don't know when you were growing up with your mother uh, said to you, but my mother would say, like, I'm raising you for a black woman. And that was like the whole thing. Was that like I was being raised and like, bread for a black woman and when that did not happen now you're getting bread by a white man i'm hey! kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> you, so so, you set me up for that you can't set me up I like did. that and expect me not to take the bait you i appreciate you i really the comedian in me is like thank you like don't don't let that pass <laughs> take um, your shot well my mom never said that but i do remember my mom um <laughs> My mom used to just say when I was young, she would just say, she would just look at me and go, you going to marry a white woman one day. But she used to always <laughs> say that to me. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think, I don't like the way that feels. Like, I don't like the way you look at me when you say that. My mom probably doesn't even remember saying that. <laughs> Oh, wow. That I can, I know how she said it. I can hear it. I can hear it. It also (laughs) makes you feel, there's this kind of way you feel like there is this, like there was this moment where someone was like being like, Bob, don't fuck with black people. And I was like, what I'm not going to do is like roll out my Rolodex of all the black guys I fuck. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to like call up. What I'm not gonna do is like you know call up. Yeah. Like, can you confirm? Listen to an IG live. Can you please tell me for that sucked your dick once? No. Yes. I, you know what I mean? Like I'm like I'm I'm certainly not um, gonna play on that. But there is. I mean, policing who people date is inherently problematic. Yeah. But I see where where people are where people who have a problem might be coming from. I just don't agree with them. Um, so my question is, if you're a black person in an interracial relationship with a white partner um, and you are feeling as though your blackness is being questioned uh, by other black folks because, you know, you're, you have a white partner, what what's your advice to that person to deal with that? Well, I don't think that blackness is um, I don't believe in policing blackness. First of all, there's no gatekeeping mm-hmm. blackness, um, you know. Being black is more than uh, your experiences that happen to you. Being mm. you are this is gonna sound man, I'm boiling it down too simple, but you're black if you're black. Hey, 
if you're black and you listen to Simon and Garfunkel, if you're black and you, let me tell you right now, even Ben Carson is black. Okay. Yeah. It 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 doesn't mean that he's <laughs> exemplary in terms of his blackness, but you don't get to say he's not black. That is problematic. That's messy. Mm. That is that's that's not it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. really that's not the T. That's just yeah. not it. You know what I mean? I do. So like what you do, who you're with, where you are, what you listen to does not make you black. I was talking to someone about blackness the other day and like what makes what what is black and who's black and what makes black people black. And then someone was like, well, this person's not black because they haven't gone through the struggles. And I was like, OK, being black isn't just about being a like what about all the other things that, that come being black? It's not just because if you done been through the struggle, you black <laughs> like blackness that, that boils blackness down to you're black because of what happened to you. Yeah. And your ancestors. Yeah. As opposed to you just are. Yeah. So it sounds like more so like. Well, I always say you are what you are and you are what you experience. Mm-hmm. You're two things. You are what you are and you are what you experience. Yeah. I love that. You said your mom said that? No, I, I, I said it. You say that. Fuck yes. <laughs> Don't let me give credit where it ain't to. It's credit for you. Martha did not say that one. <laughs> Martha said, "You gonna marry a white woman." That's what Martha <laughs> said. <laughs> That's that shakes me to my core. And then I guess the other question is, you know, if if people are <clears throat> in interracial relationships, how do what do you think is important in terms of how you approach the conversations that we're having in terms and, and in terms of supporting you? Like, how did Jacob support you? How did Ezra support you uh, in in this year? And what like what worked what worked or what didn't work or like you know what is the what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, they certainly held space for me when you know there was a point where I was really depressed and oh, I'll never forget this day. Um, Jacob and a friend came over to we were all going to watch um, Star Wars. I had never seen Star Wars before. I still to this day, by the way, have never seen Star Wars. But the story didn't go as as planned. And they came over because Star Wars was on Disney Plus. I was like, let's check it out. I'm finally going to watch Star Wars. And yeah. then there was some bad news that day. And then I just could not bring myself to just sit in that room with them and watch Star Wars. So I just mm-hmm. went to the other room and I literally like locked myself in the room and listened to MLK speeches, which sounds very melodramatic. Um, mm-hmm. no, but that's, that's what I needed in the moment. And then Jacob would check on me and be like, do you need anything? I'm like, no, I just need to have this moment where I'm just... This is what this is what I need. Where what I'm doing right now is what I need. Yeah. And he was like, "All right, let me know if you need anything." Did you ever have a moment where you were annoyed at Jacob? Obviously, he maybe didn't do anything, but just like yeah, for sure, annoyed I mean, I with the annoyed. white presence. I was just this is what I mean by being annoyed by white people. Like being annoyed that like that this this thing happened, and then like they were able to just sit in the other room and like just watch TV. Yeah. And I was like. I, that's an, and I guess what, what what annoys me is that I don't have that privilege. I'm annoyed that someone else does. Yeah. And I could hear them just in the other room just watching TV. Yeah. And like talking about Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a, like, that's so fucking annoying. Yeah. We had uh, the, uh, you know, obviously Pride was canceled, uh, but then there was the march here and I was really trying to like muster up the energy to go because I'd been to all these other protests and whatever and I emotionally and I felt so guilty I emotionally like just couldn't fucking go but my husband went uh, and he came back like you know charged up and I had been home just like going through it going through it Uh, And then, like, you know, I think he, like, wanted to, like, you know, like, have a drink and, like, celebrate and, like, have, uh, like, pride. And I was not there. And that was, we had to have a conversation after because I was like, I don't know what you think this is for me. Like, it's not, it's not the same. It doesn't hit the same. Like, like, for a white person, yes, I want you invested and I want you to go out there and do what the fuck you got to do. And so you can, you're able to maintain 
a uh, a fiery passion for it all. But so like for me, it's like, oh, but like the experience, like there are moments where I can be passionate and fiery, but also there are these really dark moments where I don't have that. And I got really annoyed that he could, that he could. That's annoying. Yeah. That doesn't drain them. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like seeing someone who, I mean, for example, I get a lot of stuff annoying me that, that isn't people's fault. It's not all the white people's fault that, they, that white people in general annoy me. I get annoyed by people who don't have to work out and have flat stomachs. That's annoying. <laughs> That's yes. fucking annoying. Yes. To like open my phone and see like, how old are you? 33. I'm 34. Okay. So like open my phone and see like a, like a 22 year old whose body is just banana. Like I just eat shit all day. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so annoying. (laughs) But I have to like see that. I don't want to hate the person. I have no disdain for the person. I'm just annoyed that they have that and I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to break it down. It's like you're, you're, there's so much work that you have to do for this thing, for this life. And I've just inherited it without any, I just, I, I just got it. It's mine. Yeah. I'm going around with it. I'm doing my thing. I'm making it work. Yeah. But it's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying. I hear that. I hear that. Um, so then I guess my last question for you And I is, am eating a vegan burrito to everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> the eat last bite of my vegan burrito. Is it cold? Is it warm? Bitch, this burrito is so fucking cold. <laughs> You don't care no more. You don't care. I don't, don't give care. a fuck. <laughs> he said, feed me. I don't give a fuck. Uh, okay. My last question. Ugh, what's the last question that I want to ask you? Because I feel like we, we talked about it all. But um, I guess what's your advice to any interracial, inter, any interracial, specifically black and white interracial couples out there. What's your advice as we move forward into 2021? And we're obviously not done. You know, I love, a lot of people are like, Biden, so we're done. It's like, no, no, bitch, we, we just begun. But what is, in terms of the maintaining the relationship and, and nurturing the relationship between a black and white partner, do you have any advice that you would give? Well, I guess the question is like, I mean, like what, in giving advice, to an interracial couple, what would be my point in doing that? Mm. Like, I, I think that, um, like, I'm thinking really hard about that. Like, like, I, I, I don't necessarily want to create this narrative where I'm like, all those poor black people who have white partners who are getting shamed by other black people, mm. um, but also. In terms of that, if someone is, like, questioning your blackness, it honestly says a lot more about the person doing the questioning than it does the person in question. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Agreed, yeah. Um, And it's really... I understand that it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And it's really none of my business. Um, These people's deep thoughts about me and Jacob. Yeah. As but I guess if, my question as if I'm doing something degenerative to the black community. Right. Yes. And also, I mean, how like it, as if someone who like a like a black person who has a black partner, as if your dick is such a fucking gift <laughs> that it's enhancing the entire black community. <laughs> like as if your dick is a gift. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you know yes. that like I don't, I, I, maybe I just don't, you know, I don't know. It, it just, it, 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 it's, it's problematic is all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess outside of like worrying about other people's, uh, gaze, G-A-Z-E on, on the relationship, if you're in the relationship, what do you think, what have you learned from your relationship in terms of navigating all of this? Like what, what, you know, there've been some good, bad, some ups and downs, but what has been the thing that you've learned in terms of uh, maintaining the, the love and maintaining the, what I've learned in terms of maintaining has very little to do with race and more to do with uh, two people having an interpersonal relationship. Mm. It revolves around honesty and, and openness and 
um, talking about what you feel right when you feel it and not waiting for it to collect two or three. You don't want them to snowball. You yeah. don't want to get two or three of those things behind you because then when you talk about it, it's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what has helped me in terms of my relationship. I don't know if that's specific to our race, but that has certainly been a wonderful tool. Honesty yeah. and openness, even when it's uncomfortable, probably especially when it's especially uncomfortable. Especially when it's uncomfortable. Well, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. It's not about race, but that's the foundation. It's like, well, I think what happens or what, based on what I'm hearing or, or reading is that because it's uncomfortable, the conversation is uncomfortable, they're not having it. But that's existing whether it's about race or not. And race conversations are uncomfortable and... You but it's to, interesting too the idea that like I'm dating this white guy, but you have three black exes you hate. So like, who <laughs> hates black people? Mess, <laughs> mess. Uh, yes. Well, I love that advice. I think that that's you know it, it's really not about the race. It's about open honesty and communication and having the uncomfortable conversations and race might be a piece of that yeah. but it's like yeah in your people, I, mean, I, I mean there's people you can talk to if you ever have michelle buto on mm-hmm. the podcast she has yes. a, a white partner um sashir zameda the um who was on snl yes um and there's like it is um I, I, again the people that it bothers they're 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 bothered people they're troubled Amen. the people who have troubles are troubled Yes. Yes. Something wrong with her. Something wrong with her. (laughs) Something wrong with her. I want to end right there. Bob, thank you so much for for taking the time. This was really uh, wonderful to have this conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. What a conversation, honey. That was so much fun. Okay, so you know what time it is. It's time for BKG Learning Moments. That's right. BKG Learning Moments where I break down what I learned from my guest. Uh, And I learned so much from Bob. Bob was such a fucking dream, 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 dream to speak with. So first of all, when it comes to food, Bob and I do not play, okay? It's Especially with the mac and cheese. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Do not invite me over for some mac and cheese that is soupy, okay? It needs to stick to the ribs. It needs to stick everywhere, okay? I want it to be baked. I want to be able to cut it like a cake. And yes, when I make my plate, there will be one plate that is all mac and cheese, okay? And then the other plate is where the chicken is. And if there's space, I'm going to throw some collard greens on it. Bob is not. Bob doesn't fuck with that. But Bob fucks with other vegetables, although she did try to say that she doesn't, but she likes Brussels sprouts and carrots uh, and some other veggies. But I guess just not the not the collard greens. Although that life hack, you know, I, I guess it works more as a kid, you know, shoveling the food in your mouth, going to the bathroom to pee and then spitting it out. I guess that only works if you're a kid. Did it really work? I'm sure somebody was like, Negro. What is in your mouth? Uh, <laughs> but anyways, y'all try it as an adult. Let me know if it works. Because if it works, uh, that's how I'm going to handle some, some of y'all who, who can't cook. But <laughs> so I also learned from Bob that just because you are in a racial relationship doesn't mean you are not pro-black, which is such an important thing because, you know, we have such a there, – there's we, we, we look for external validation all the time. And so it's really harmful and, and painful when um, – if you really care what other people think and they say that you're not something that you are or they tear you down, that – hurts, you know, and especially especially if you haven't built your bones yet to know that like I'm good, I'm black, I don't need somebody else to affirm my blackness. Does it feel nice for other black people to acknowledge your blackness? Absolutely, but are you any less black because you're dating a white person? Absolutely not. And anyone that is telling you that, as Bob has said, that's problematic, you know, uh policing people's relationships and policing people people's blackness even if you're a black person doing it, is problematic. 
Um, and I agree with that sentiment. Bob and I had to deal with processing the racial reckoning in the midst of our white partners. Now, with me, it was processing with him. And for uh, Bob, it was asking for the space to process alone. Either way, I, you know, what I really related to is being annoyed, you know, being annoyed that like we had to process and our white partners didn't and 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 witnessing that was really challenging, really difficult. You know, as Bob said, you know, here I am in the other room listening to MLK speeches and my partner is in the next room watching Star Wars like ain't nothing happened, which isn't like that's not, you know, that's not our partner's faults for for not having the same um, experience, but it doesn't make it any less annoying <laughs> to, you know, to just say what it is. Um, doesn't mean we're going to throw them out, but it's like, ah, oh, fuck. It's, it's a reminder that we are living two different experiences when it comes to uh, blackness, which obviously seems obvious, right? You're white, I'm black, but uh, is painful when you are, are, when another name comes up or when something really hard happens in the headlines and it interrupts your day as a black person. Like it, it really like brings it to a halt as you try and um, move through it. And then you watch white people around you be unaffected, unbothered. Uh, no matter how much we might love our white partner or our white friend or a white colleague, that stings. And it's hard because there's nothing for the white person to do. I mean, obviously, obviously, you want the white person to know what that is, work to dismantle whatever system allowed for that tragedy to happen, obviously. But they're not going to feel that same emotional sting. They're not going to feel that same emotional interruption. Um and I don't know if they ever will or if they ever could. Uh, so it's not an expectation I can put on my partner, but I can also say that it still stings. It still sucks. It's like, fuck, I have to do this. I'm going to do it. But, but this is something that you do not have to deal with. And the last thing I learned, you know, the biggest lesson that Bob learned from his relationship is that being open and honest, even when it's uncomfortable, is the best thing to do. And I love that he really prefaced that that's really not about race. That's about a relationship, you know. And I think that if you are in an interracial relationship with a white partner or a black partner, um, and uh, by the way, I would like to set this out. So interracial relationships can exist. It's just a cross-racial, right? It could be a black person with a, with a Latin person. It could be a Latin person with a white person. It could be an Asian person with a black person. Those are interracial relationships. I'm saying this because uh, this comes up sometimes when I speak about my relationship where I've heard, hey, uh, interracial defaults to white which is why I've always specified when I'm talking about an interracial relationship with a white partner, my interracial relationship with a white partner, which is specifically black and white. Because I do agree that there is sometimes when we talk about interracial, I think sometimes most people will default to black and white couple. Um, and it doesn't mean that's not an interracial relationship, but sometimes other combinations, uh, cross-racial combinations, don't get factored into that. And uh, a black and Latin partner might be having a different experience inside of this reckoning than specifically a black and white partner. So I'd like to just step out that what I'm talking about is an interracial relationship between a black person and a white person. Yes? Because uh, that is, you know, obviously blackness and whiteness is what's being charged uh, during this time. Um, so that said, being open and honest and having uncomfortable conversations is always important in every relationship. And if that foundation is there, then that's what you continue to move forward with, with your, you know, a black and white partner talking about race, making sure that you are holding space for you know, the white partner is holding space for the black partner and that you are both having really tough conversations, that there's some learning being done. And also, so I'm going to say most importantly for the white partner can show up because 
at the end of the day, if you remove the race, we're still partners and we love each other. And that's what's the most important thing here. Uh, love is love, right? The most important thing here is that we are two people in a relationship who love each other and who are going to take care of each other. Now, being black and white uh, influences our experiences and how we take care of each other. So we have to be willing to have those difficult conversations about like, hey, listen, the fact that you could like uh, read a headline and not be affected, that hurts. Nothing you can really do about that, but there might be a way that you can show up differently, right? There might be a way that you can move through the space with more uh, care. You know, these conversations are uncomfortable sometimes, but they are so, so fucking necessary. Well, that is what I learned today. What about you? You know, you know. Now y'all know by now I want to hear from you. So you can email blackfolkspodcast at gmail.com. Folks is spelled F-O-L-X. Uh, oh, well, that is it. That's the show. I want to thank Bob, the drag queen, for joining me. I love you so much. And thank you so much for being so fun and funny. Cackles. I cackled. I cackled quite a bit. I had to uh, push myself away from the mic because I cackled so <laughs> loud. To my listener friends, please subscribe, rate, and comment on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. Also, if you want to see the video version of this interview, honey, I know you do. It'll be available a week from today on my YouTube page at Brandon K. Good. Remember, you can catch sneak peeks of upcoming conversations on my IGTV page at Brandon K. Good, on Tom Ellis's page at Official Tom Ellis, and on the Black Folks Instagram page at Black Folks, B-L-A-C-K-F-O-L-X. And you know I want to hear from you, honey. So if you got a question or a guest pitch, you're like, I want you to talk to, I don't know, Obama. Wouldn't that be great, y'all? <laughs> Email blackfolkspodcast at gmail.com. That's spelled B-L-A-C-K-F-O-L-X podcast at gmail.com. I think that's everything. Thank you so much for listening. And just in case you haven't heard it yet today, I love you so much. Bye. Podcast Network.